This is Paul Nobles from Eat Perform, and I am here with my trusty cohorts in crime, Becky Avara and Carolyn Mele. Carolyn is one of our uh, lead coaches. She is on the adjustment team, which is kind of a really big deal here at Eat Perform. She is kind of the eyes and ears for Becky. Becky runs all of the coaching within Eat to Perform. And so, yeah, let's get this going. We're going to talk a little bit about um, the part that's really Eat to Perform. And so a lot of the people on this call, we have some Eat to Performers on this call, but most of the people are actually just followers of the page. They have the book. And so uh, what we really want from all of you is to get in your questions as soon as possible so that we can uh, know what we have to deal with in terms of questions and then we can naturally change the topic. So one of the more interesting things about uh, what we do and how we do it is that the process of food coming back is something that we hone in on quite a bit, way different than virtually everyone else does, which is sort of interesting to me because I think everyone, like we all sort of know, right, that um, it is better that if you start off with higher calories, I think logically, we all know that. But there are many stages that people come into a diet. So a good example would be a conversation that I was having today with someone online. And one of the nice things that uh, I think all of you probably notice, even if you're not eating performers at this point, is that I'm very accessible. Um, I'm always on Instagram. I am always on Facebook. I am ready to answer virtually any question that you have. You know, as much as I believe, you know, coaching literally changed my life. I did it so much that I built a company to do that. But at the same time, I understand that we're all at different places. We're, you know, not everyone's ready. If there's any one thing that I would say to people that we would all be better off if we all started when we were ready. And so that's something that I think that uh, everyone could benefit from knowing. And uh, the so I'm, I'm talking to this lady, and she's explaining to me how she gained uh, seven pounds, right? Uh, once she was in a reset. And it was interesting because I went back to her file, and basically what happened was is she um, came in was under eating quite a bit and then kind of took about two weeks to sort of figure things out. And in that time, you know, weight started to go up. So she kind of had the permission to eat more, but wasn't really doing it the way that we, you know, asked people to do. And, but what was most interesting, right, was that uh, by the time she got to fat loss, she had lost seven pounds, so she was 121 pounds at 5'6". And she was concerned 
that she had gained seven pounds once food had started to come back. And, and I'll juxtapose that against my situation. And then we can all make conclusions on what really happened. At the end of the day, a five, six woman without knowing genetics, right, at 121 might be trying to be too small too often. And so that's something that I don't think that she was really considering in that process. And then it is very common that if you were avoiding carbohydrates, if you were under eating quite a bit, that your muscles are going to fill up. And so even if you are gaining weight in that scenario, which let's be real here, she probably kind of did know that she needed to do that so that she would get on the right path. Now, in theory, right, she would have lost all this weight and, you know, kept it off, right? That's the dream. The reality is, is that you're much better off realizing that as food starts to come back, there is a range that you can start to look at that would make a big difference. So it would have been very smart of her to go, you know what? I did come to them under eating. I did lose seven pounds, but seven pounds is actually not a lot. I mean, it is a lot for an already lean person. So that's something to kind of keep in mind. But realistically, I think for her height, she was probably trying to be maybe a little too small. Um, and so, so that was something to keep in mind. So let's juxtapose that versus my situation, right? So in my situation, I did fat loss. I am currently in the reset and I will be resetting in theory um, till September uh, 5th, right? So the plan is to use all summer. And I don't think I'll have any real problem doing that. Um, I have talked a lot about the friend of mine that I sort of did this in solidarity with. And uh, they're doing great, you know, um, they're actually at lower than their lowest coming out of fat loss, even in the reset. So they're doing really good. Um, they're not as going at the reset near as aggressive as I am, but I'm sort of going at it aggressively to, to prove a point, a uh, point that honestly, many of you probably don't care a lot about, right? But what I want you to know is that I'm just not one of these guys that talks. I do it also. And I think that's important because if, you know, many of you talking to me on the Facebook page and things of this nature, there's a lot of fear that accompanies food coming back. And I'm trying to show you that if you can add in a little bit of range or a little bit of reality, I mean, somebody coming from being underfed, you know, like I said to her, I said, you should do the same thing I'm doing, where you take the whole summer and reset for fat loss too. And that will probably net you a lot more than what you did in fat loss one. And allow yourself to kind of have 130 as a ceiling. I'm fairly certain she's still quite lean at that and could be potentially building muscle in that process. So I finished fat loss at 
and um, I've seen as low as 184.5 since I've come out. Um, yesterday, I was 187.5. I'm actually allowing myself to go up to 192 as I'm building these calories. And right now, my super day is 3,000 calories. My lowest calorie day um, was really only like one week, but my lowest day was 1600. So that should blow you away, right? Because I'm telling you something that no one in the diet world is telling you, right? That I basically doubled my calories in about a month. And so Becky knows this. Um, Everybody knows that I'm really trying to push things because I really want to be the example to show all of you that if you view it as a range, you're a lot better. The other thing, too, about ranges that's really important, it's not a range of fluctuation within the week. It's a range of fluctuation at your lowest, right? That's really important because, you know, when I was 187.5 two days ago, now that's my new low. Previous to that, I was at 188. Now, once again, I'm allowing for 192, but what I don't want to do, it, I mean, if I can stay at 188 or even go a little bit lower, um, I will. It's not like I'm trying to gain weight. I just don't, I, I find it mentally better. And I think what happens for a lot of people is they lose a lot of weight, you know, 20, 30 pounds. And then they get sort of frustrated with three to five pounds of, of fluctuation. That's kind of normal if you think about it, right? And so the reason why I said to her that she should do what I'm doing is because the period, the reset that's the topic of this webinar, the longer you do it and the higher your calories are, the more you will benefit from your next fat loss cycle, right? So this is, this is the thing that makes you eat perform very unique compared to other places. We do six weeks, right? And those six weeks, like I just explained to you, 1,600 calories for a man um, is pretty aggressive, right? And I think most of you, if you're being realistic about it, you'd rather be more aggressive so that you can spend the year, spend two years, not doing it. you know i talked a lot about the fact that for seven years i didn't diet right I, I wasn't in fat loss and you know i had some goals related to building muscle and things of that nature so it was different so i i, I was actually sort of excited when my friend asked me to do this with her and uh it's been successful like i said i lost 12 pounds so you know, when, why would I want to be really aggressive? Why would I want to go to 4,000 calories? Well, it's because I can lose more weight. The person that, that, that is eating 2,500 calories compared to me. So let's say there was a, another man that was also 5'8", was also 188 pounds, and that person was eating 2,500 calories versus me eating 4,000 calories, I'm gonna lose a lot more weight than that person. So my goal 
for fat loss too is going to be 12 to 15 pounds because there's a lot of people that do fat loss too and they don't get as good a results. And the reason why is because they move into it similar to the way that we prescribe. And people go, well, why do you prescribe it that way? Well, that's what you want, right? But is that what's best? Not necessarily, right? Um, what's always going to be best is more calories for a long period of time. That's always best. And so you do get to choose. Now, summer is a, a great time for this. Uh, the other one that's a great time is the, the holidays, right? So a lot of people start fat loss in September, October, and usually they're better off kind of waiting through that holiday period and then doing fat loss too around January 1st. That's actually really super common in our world. Um, but if you don't push that reset, right, or you just do what a lot of other companies suggest, right, where, you know, you just give a little reprieve and up calories from 200 to 300 calories, you're just not going to be able to build enough of a deficit to make a real big difference, right? And so I want to replicate the 12 pounds loss. Now, you know, is it realistic that, um, that I could stay at 80, uh, 188? Sure. I mean, I could go lower. I just don't know that on the effort side um, that it's always going to be that high. Now, I will tell you this. Right now, my energy is through the roof. My sleep is through the roof. My digestion is through the roof. Um, I mean, everything is going phenomenally. Um, normally, you know, I play pickleball pretty competitive as most people know so shout out to carolyn who's also a pickleball player um but uh i have started to lift weights uh that's something i haven't done it's gonna be really interesting tomorrow i'm gonna try a deadlift it's gonna be really interesting to see where what my deadlift is at um i'm being really cautious uh like today i started squatting and uh, my abductors were like, whoa, I thought we weren't doing this anymore, you know? And so uh, I just, there's no reason for me to push it, you know? And so, so I am going to be cautious. Deadlift is wheelhouse for me. You know, I'm pretty sure I can wake up on any day having not lifted for a long time and pull 315 like it's nothing, you know? So um it's a big tool in my toolbox and so um i'm really excited to break it out and uh see you know what it has in store so of course you know one of the things that i talked about yesterday i did a podcast with dr susan and we talked a little bit about once your calories start to go up a lot of the topic is, you know, well, are you going to increase your activity, things of this nature? Um, not consciously. Um, I can tell you that my steps and things of that nature are similar. But as an example, last Saturday, I did a five-hour pickleball session. That is not common. I've never done that before. Um, so I think that 
whether it's conscious or subconscious, the effort side of thing, you know, sort of needs to be there, right? And so that's why I, I think if we're all being realistic, right? When we're eating 1100 calories and you're just not feeling it that day, you just go, eh, today I'll let the calories do the work. Well, when calories are coming back, you know that effort is required, right? And so I think that that's one of the things secretly as people sort of get imprisoned with these ideas of low calories that they're kind of cuddling up to that basic idea and they need to be really careful about that because you know this isn't just about eating more food. It's about better digestion. It's about more energy. It's about, you know, doing all these amazing things you know um i was googling some stuff i don't even want to mention it because it, you know i don't want to be tied into these things one of the things that sort of happens when you're in a position like mine where a lot of people follow you you know i take it very seriously um that you know people follow the example that i set and so you know i don't want to say something and and then it not end up happening or not work out because I don't want to seem to be like I I take things casually I don't you know I am you know one of these people that jump in with with both feet with a lot of the things that I do but the resets that we put in place Basically, if you look at what the general parameters are, we're trying to get you back to normal. Normal starts at 2,000 calories for women. It probably starts at about 2,300 calories for men. And then we try to build off of that. Like I said, the longer you can do it, the better. The, the more aggressive you can be, the better. You can communicate with your coach. That's great. But there's a lot of people that say, well, fat loss two is a lot harder than fat loss one. I'm fairly certain that my fat loss two is going to be harder than fat loss one because I am absolutely certain that I was not eating 4,000 calories, right? Um, and oh, by the way, when I come out of the other side of fat loss two, I won't be eating 4,000 calories then, right? I'm only going to move to the 4,000 calories so I can lose the most weight in that second session so I can go another seven years, so I can go as long as possible without having a diet. And so I think for all of us, we want to meet these really big goals, but the real secret sauce of Eat the Reform, the thing that makes us so different than everybody else is that as calories are normal, they're normal much higher than all these other places. And I mean, if you think about it, it, it sort of surprises me that there isn't more discussion about this, but um, I, I mean, there's a lot of people that think that they're outliers or they're broken or all these different types of things. And then when we look at their math, their math has just been low for a really long time. And so when we fix that, their math actually looks kind of normal. And then when we can do that for years, it looks even better than that. And so I would challenge most of you to kind of not limit yourself related to that. At the very least, try and get to 
2,000 calories, even if you don't, you know, end up signing up for Ethan Cam or anything like that, you know, you can push your calories back up. Like I said, my calories have been going up relatively quickly. I don't want to say how quickly because I don't want you necessarily trying what I know works well, right? Um, we play it more cautiously with you because that's what you want. And I think you're right to want that, right? I'm not going to play it cautiously because I know how this works. And I know that I can, you know, deal with it mentally. Many of you, you might struggle with that without the knowledge that I have. And so kind of keep that in mind. The one thing that we, def we definitely know though, is that the faster you can get your calories back to normal, the better. Otherwise, there's a lot of things that can happen in between that time that can affect your weight negatively. One of those things, by the way, is gonna happen to me tomorrow. Um, there's a restaurant that we normally go to. Normally, when I come out of there, you know, my weight is up three to five pounds. There's just all kinds of added fats, all kinds of sodium, things of this nature. And when your calories are this high, yes, your body does deal with it a little bit better when you've been doing it for a long time. So it's going to be interesting to see how my body deals with it. Ultimately, I'm not worried about it. But I think when you see those pictures and when I talk to you about it, I want you to understand I'm not that different from you guys, right? That, that these are concerns for me. I was an obese individual, but I'm not doing this flippantly. I'm not doing it just to prove a point. I'm doing it because this is the scientific way to do things, right? And so if that inspires all of you to do it the better way, just know that if you're at 1600 calories, you know, not only if you go to 1100 calories, are you not going to lose very much weight, but it's going to get frustrating really, really fast. So, if, you know, I'm not trying to get you to 4,000 calories, but if I can get you to 2,300, 2,500, now the runway that you have is so much better, right? And um, as we are trying to reach bigger and bigger goals, all you do is just rinse and repeat those cycles. So, um, so just to finish that thought, um, my plan is to end somewhere around 174.9. Um, we'll see how that goes. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be bothered if I ended up at about 179.9, but I, I think I can comfortably, um, I feel like I can comfortably land in the 174.9 range. Um, so the question is, would there be value into running another cycle? I'm not sure about that. You know, um, it's possible. And if I were to do it, I would definitely take about six months off, possibly even a year. You know, the difference between my old sport of weightlifting compared to my new sport of pickleball is that it might be helpful to be 169. Right. When you're weightlifting, it's more helpful to be 200. Right. Because you can lift more weights. You can have more energy for that kind of stuff. And, and it's favorable for being anabolic, which is the goal of weightlifting. Right. So being a little catabolic occasionally so that 
you can, you know, have less strain on your joints, less strain on your body, that might be something that I do look look for. I, I can't say that I I wouldn't necessarily. Um, but I think 174 is going to end up pretty comfortable. Like I said, you know, when weightlifting was my goal and I was close to 200, you know, being 25 pounds less than that, you know, is, is a big difference. You know, I mean, if you, if you want to know what it's like, just put a 25 pound weighted vest and walk around all day and it'll wear on you. Right. And so, um, we'll see how it goes, but I'm not particularly worried. I also think if I, I wanted to, I probably could uh, just get the, the extra five pounds. There's a lot of reasons why I wouldn't want to do that. Part of the reason why is because, like I said, I want to have a range. So I, if my goal was to be 169.9, I would actually need to get 164. So many people think that losing 10 pounds is just easy. It's not, right? That's like a full six-week cycle for almost everyone, you know? So kind of keep that in mind. Don't minimize a goal like losing 10 pounds. It's, it's really hard, you know? Um, and especially, I think the coaching, the system overall, as people understand it, it all makes sense, right? And so let's move to the questions. Try and get your questions in sort of as soon as possible because I do have a hard stop at seven. Um, here locally. Okay. okay, Michelle's asking, I'm two weeks into PR from fat loss one and two. I still want to lose more and planning to start fat loss again in January. What are your thoughts about doing a mini cut mid-September? How long is a mini cut? So a mini cut is as long as you want it to be. Um, I think that that's a really bad idea. Um, like I said, it's not just the calories going up. It's the calories going up for a long period of time, right? And so if every three months you do a mini cut, the, the problem with a mini cut, even if you did a mini cut for, let's say, six weeks, one, you might not be recovered from your dieting. The standard thought process was always that um, – you should be not dieting at least as long as you were dieting. That doesn't mean that it's optimal, you know, right? But at least that long, you're just on that window. If the goals are bigger, if the goal is to get to a place where you don't have to be doing these diet cycles all the time, I would highly encourage you to, to suck it up and, you know, just go all the way to January because the higher you can be, right? And then keep that range in mind, right? Because you know, if you can push, you know, to whatever your comfort levels is, let's say that that's 27, 2,800 calories. And then we could take you, you know, if, if let's say you lost 10 pounds and you allowed for a fluctuation of three to five, now we might be able to lose that, you know, in that 12 range or 13 range. And we could start to get to some really low numbers, but, um, and then also kind of, you know, you're, you're barely new to PR. You're, you're probably not pushing it the way that I am because no other sane person with any form is. Um, but um, so you, your calories are relatively low. I don't think you know what it's going to be like to have that freedom. And you probably will enjoy it. 
So kind of keep that in mind. Okay, Lori's asking, is it straight <laughs> calories or is it also hitting the macros plus the calories? Uh, yeah, it's hitting the macros. Because the straight calories, right? Let's say that as an example, you just did the, the calories and not the, the, the macros. And let's use an example where you traded some protein and some carbohydrates for fats. Well, it is possible that you could store fats. Fats store ease more easily. Like one of the reasons why there's a lot of people asking me, why are your fats so much higher than my fats, right? And my fats in most of these cases are women. And the answer is simple, that carbohydrates do not store as easily as fats do, right? And so for me, I can have a little bit more balance because one, you know, as a man, I have more testosterone. So that's helpful. That's favorable. But also, you know, I do have an endurance sport. I know people don't think of pickleball that way, but, you know, it is a three to five hour, you know, mostly three hour, two to three hour. And then, you know, like I said, the, the outliers, um, but it is an endurance sport, you know, um, you know, five hours is like marathon range, right? And so you kind of got to keep that in mind. But, you know, I can deal with a higher caloric load. I can deal with my fats being higher because most of my energy at that point is not going to be like a high intensity level, right? It's going to be mostly relatively low heartbeat where your body is, is using more fat as fuel. Now that's known as fat burning mode, but fat burning mode doesn't do what you think it does, right? It just means that your body's more comfortable using fat as fuel in that instance, but it's, it's not as easy as just going, well, I want to stay in fat burning mode and I'm going to be shredded. We all know, we've all known about fat burning mode for a long time. That's not how it works, right? Um, but how it does work is you can have a little bit of hot, uh, higher fats, right? So that you can use fat as fuel. So that, you know, that will explain as you're seeing my fats, you know, my carbohydrates are going to be pushed here soon too, but my fats, that's the thing people seem to be envious of right now. Jenna's asking, do you prefer to start clients um, at PR instead of fat loss? If all of you would start in PR, it, it would change your life. Like it, it would show you just the difference between the way you've been doing it all along, right? The part of the problem with PR though, and so for people that don't know what PR means, it means performance slash recon. That's the period that is easy to perform. That's the period where calories are normal. Um, the problem that many of you would run into is that you're too stigmatized by all that you know within the diet world, right? Or what you think you know within the diet world. And so you're not going to push it the way that eat the performers push it, right? And so I think that's the problem with coming into um, PR 
and doing your PR, but is it the better way? Absolutely, it's the better way. There's no question, you know? And what you'll see, because we're, we're really the only diet program that two to three weeks in, we evaluate whether or not you should stay in fat loss or not. And we will often move people to PR in that instance because they need it, right? They, you know, a lot of them have been under eating but didn't know. And so like, if you've been intuitively eating and most of your meals are salads, right? They just don't add up to a lot of calories. And so we know when you've been over consuming or if you haven't. And so coaches will advise you in that regard. So even though I think it is better, at the end of the day, I think secretly you all kind of know, but to say that nobody's ever lost 10 pounds coming to us under eating, I wouldn't say that's true, right? Because I think that for some people, as they become more balanced, like we were talking about the person that was asking about the calories versus the macros. Once you kind of have balanced macros, a lot of times you have more energy, right? Like a lot of people are trying to use fat for energy and maybe they're doing something like HIT, and now they have some carbohydrates, right? Now it's making that HIT work where it previously wasn't working. So to say that we've never had somebody do it, the problem that you run into and the reason why a lot of people do end up moving to PR, you know, when their weight, you know, kind of stalls at like two to three pounds is because they sort of realize like, let's be real here. I've been under eating. <laughs> I've been doing all the stuff Paul talks about all the time. And so, you know, I'm, you know, it's interesting because so many of you have done such hard things trying to lose weight that it's kind of odd that eating more actually ends up being harder in a lot of ways mentally you know and that's something that um you know we work with clients over time i would say that the majority of people that that struggle um kind of right out the gate or maybe you know four to six weeks in just don't give it enough of a chance, right? They, they, they'd rather do these hard restrictive things that kind of kind of put them in a box rather than kind of pushing, you know, the performance side, the recomp side, the, the mental health side, things of that nature, right? And the toll that, you know, under eating takes on you, um, it, it kind of robs you of what it's like to, to to be normal. And in a lot of ways, it's, it's like an abusive relationship, even though, you know, you shouldn't do it, even though, you know, you know, you go back, right. And, and that's a, that's a sad thing for us as a staff, but it's not like we don't understand it. You know, the, it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of social norms that, that kind of get in the way. And, um, and let's be real, like I said, the expectation is lower, you know, I mean, if you, you know, are wanting to push the hard side of things, you have to sort of know that there's going to be a lot of change that's going to be uncomfortable as food comes back. 
Okay, Corey is asking, I'm very much interested in the R in PR recomposition. I'm totally digging the performance gains, but would love to see more body changes. I've been here since Mar early March. I recognize that everyone is different and comes from different backgrounds, but I'm wondering, based on all the data you've collected over the years, is there a time at which I can maybe expect to see my body composition shifting? So it is shifting, right? Um, right now, um, it's very hard to answer your question without looking at your file, looking at your pictures, things of this nature. But what I can tell you is this, is that as you get leaner, right? So, so it's not as if how you work out doesn't matter, right? There's a lot of people that are really into cardio or really into HIIT that would be much better off lifting slower. Um, and so that can make a difference. Uh, a lot of people that want to lift slow, they want to do two to three reps. I'm one of those people. I will raise my hand, right? But if you want recomp, you have to be, you know, in that five to eight to 10 range, right? And so, and, and, you know, let's be real. That's not as fun as a 15 minute burner and then you're done, right? If, if you're sitting there for an hour, you know, waiting for your muscles to kind of relax so you can hit a superset or something like that, there's people that like it. I would say that the majority of people don't, right? And I know this because you're all going to Orange Theory, you're all running, you're all, you know, you're pursuing that side of things. What that means to me is you like that more, right? Now, if you don't like that more, then stop doing it because, because you know, Life is way too short, you know, to try and chase something that you just don't like at all, right? And there's just so many other alternatives. Um, likewise, you know, I think there's a lot of people that want abs and they're exclusively runners and they're just never going to build enough muscle and they don't have that much interest in kind of doing the R part, right? The recomp part. And so I think it really comes down to a lot of factors. But when we talk about recomp, we're really talking about someone who, <clears throat> you know, for a, a woman, it might be 20% trying to get down to 17%. If it's a man, it might be 13 trying to get down to 10 you know, if you're 25, you probably need to do fat loss to see those kinds of results, right? So kind of keep that in mind that the recomp part is really when you're already lean and trying to get a little, little bit leaner as a result. Because there's a lot of little small things that, that you can do that can help, right? Um, I know what we all want to do. Right, we all want to to have the food, live the life, have the joy, um, and also have you know eight back abs. Um, you know, at that point, you have to be honest with yourself about those things. I know for myself, you know, I would much rather push the the performance side of things. Um, 
have kind of a two to four pack, right? Um, and and just enjoy my life rather than um, being really restrictive because part of the problem with being super lean is that it's 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 more restrictive than you think it's going to be, right? And so like as an example, when I went from 260 to 185, looking back on it, it was really easy, right? Much easier than the next level. Because when I went from 185 to 149, that was hard, right? And it was unsustainable. And, um, you know, truthfully, I did not have enough muscle um, for that size. And since then, I've been able to put on right around 30 pounds of muscle, which kind of puts me at about that 179 range, right? So if I can get back to 179, that probably puts me close to 10%. I mean, I'm a 53-year-old man, <laughs> you know? I've been married for, you know, to the same woman for 27 years. We've been together for 35, you know? I mean, I was obese right? My wife thinks I look like Brad Pitt right now, and I don't want any of you telling her different. <laughs> um, but I think that once you're fit, you know, you know it, right? People, other people know it too. I mean, I go to the beach, and people are like, that dude lifts weights, you know? Um, and you see the other dudes that don't, right? Even when they're fit, you know, if, the, if they're runners, they don't lift a lot of weights. They don't have a history of lifting weights. They don't have the back that I have. They don't have the traps that I have, you know. Um, but I think that people need to be realistic about that. And I think that also we need to really talk about the basic premise of eating form. It really is more about health and mental health than it is about abs. Yes, we have a lot of people that have abs. Yes, it's easier to get abs when you have muscle abs or muscle, right? And so building muscle as part of the process, you know, the thing that's interesting about eating form is that we did not create the, the, the basis for all of this. We just brought it to a new audience, right? I mean, the concepts of eating form are natural bodybuilding 101. But the problem with natural bodybuilding is the same problem that a lot of you have, right? Is that natural bodybuilders end up becoming chronic dieters, right? Or they end up on steroids, right? Or they end up being powerlifters, right? And a lot of them find out when they move to powerlifting, that's actually where their real joy is. You know, I have a really good friend of mine who was a natural bodybuilder and he moved to, to you know, he kind of went through the whole cycle that I said. And um, now, you know, he, he is on testosterone through a doctor and he does do powerlifting, but he's in a much better place health-wise than when he was chasing all this crazy stuff for 10, 15 years, right? And so this really is about health. It's really about doing what's most right um, for both our bodies and our minds. But this is not new.
So um, Pasha had a couple orientation questions here, but Becky got to the one. Um, they're also asking, is there a place where you can see where you start in the process and how long you may be in each phase to start? To start in the process of fat loss? Whichever phase, I'm not sure the phase that um, they're in right now, but I guess they just wanna know how long each phase is. So for fat loss, you're for women correct me if i'm wrong becky but it's usually depending on the size it's between like 1550 and 1700. so that's the baseline we'll set you at at and we will judge whether or not you are um came to us over consuming or not based on your reaction to that number right and so there's a lot of people that go, I'm not losing any weight. And the reason why I'm not losing any weight is because my calories are so high. So like, first of all, 1,550 calories is not that high, you know? So you've been eating in a deficit all along, right? So you kind of have to keep that in mind. Um, it's typically two weeks, right? So it's two weeks at that 17 to 50, uh, 1,700 to 1,550. Then we move it down another two weeks and then we finish it off after another two weeks and that's the six week cycle. So that gives you some idea on how long it's gonna be and things of that nature. And truthfully, it gets harder as you go, right? Um, but the hardest one is usually the first one. Even if you were kind of under eating before, especially, actually maybe especially if you were under eating before, because it's sort of this new process that you're coming into. I think that, you know, especially for the people that start off in a two week free trial, um, they almost view it like I'm going to figure out eating for them in two weeks. And it's like, eh, you know, we're really just trying to show you what you're in for, but also show you that, you know, we kind of know what we're doing and, you know, once you're exposed to the group, once you're exposed to all the amazing transformations, I mean, whatever you see on the main Facebook page or on Instagram or whatever is, I would say, one-tenth of what you see in the private group. I mean, it's motivating to see people eating 2,700 calories as women um, and still you know, seeing good progress and recomp and, and things of this nature. But our goal, I'll just be honest with you, you know, um, I used to joke that Whole30 basically was one of these things where, surprise, at week 30, at 31, you still have to do it, <laughs> right? And even form the surprise after your two week free trial is that we actually want you to be able to do this for life. You know, we want to be able to help you throughout that. And, and oh, by the way, kind of graduate you to the point where you don't need to perform if you so choose, right? We do have a lifetime product that's actually coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Um, within that lifetime product though, um, it's very common for people to move to performance recomp, get their calories high enough to where they can eat intuitively. They know what it looks like to, ha to have that many calories. And then they move on. Um, and then they come back 
to try and get bigger gold, right? That is very, very common. You know, um, most other programs, when you think about it, the way that they work is you, you leave and you come back because you gained all the way back because it was so restrictive and they didn't teach you how to normalize calories. So you normalize calories the old fashioned way. Go into the cheesecake factory, right? And, and so we teach you that piece. That's the funny part is that in the calories that I have right now, which like I said, we're right, are right at 3,000. The goal is 4,000. Um, I am eating so much more often than I normally do. You have to when you have this much food. You just can't, you just can't end up with 2,000 calories. And then, you know, I'm not here to go to McDonald's, right? I don't think all of you, I'm not saying that I, you know, I mean, like tomorrow, I'll go out for a night with my wife. We know the restaurant we're going to. We're going to consume a lot of calories. But I, I don't get to the point where I'm not prepared, right? And so you, you kind of have to keep that in mind. Um, so I think that answers the question in terms of, uh, I think if we were talking about PR, PR starts a little bit higher, 18 and 1900. Once again, you know, usually the bumps kind of come in two week increments. Um, if you're asking how long we would suggest you stay in PR, you know, we will sometimes, um, put someone in fat loss after three months. The ideal scenario is almost always six months or longer, right? And oh, by the way, if you've spent your whole life dieting, it's worth it. Just do it, right? It's way better than what you've been doing, you know? And I understand we all want all the, the things as much as possible, but what it's going to allow you to do is really push that effort side of things um, differently than you have been. Yeah, she has started actually recently in fat loss. So that's where she's at. Okay, um, and I think, then that's the answer. Yeah, and I think um, we've got to everything. Becky answered a couple of orientation questions in here and we are good. Okay, perfect. So I appreciate everybody being here. Like I said, you know, I am always, I, my job other than running the company is really, just engage with all of you in Facebook and Instagram. I love doing it. It's, it's the highlight of my day every single day. So definitely, um, you know, use that resource. That's what I'm there for. So appreciate everybody being there. And hopefully people are inspired by me pushing it. I'm not asking you to push it like I'm pushing it. I'm trying to show you that it's possible, that it's possible to, to, to do more than you're doing right now, you know, but you can be a little bit cautious. That's fine. It's not a big deal, but all right. I appreciate everybody being here and we'll talk to all of you later. Bye now.